Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast, episode number one twenty. Um, this week, I'm I'm really excited to share this conversation. Uh, I get to talk with uh, these two wonderful people who are currently on an adventure and a trip of a lifetime. Uh, Katie and Jason Parker uh, a few months ago quit their jobs in Des Moines and they hit the road in their van um, that they had been working on for the last couple of years. Uh, so right now they're they're kind of traveling around the country, flying by the seat of their pants, living in their reconstructed van, which looks so awesome. And uh, just exploring the great United States of America. So, and Canada, don't leave Canada out. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the, you know, it's kind of something that is fascinating to a lot of people is this idea of quitting the normal, quitting the comfortable and just he- heading completely like he- jumping in head first into this like, I don't know, it's just this unconsistent life of adventure, you know, where you're like, what's going to happen today? I don't know. We're going to find out and <laughs> not really knowing what kind of the day-to-day is going to bring and what the adventure is going to bring. So uh, super cool conversation, really just, I don't know, this the, this type of thing fascinates me. And it's, it's really popular out here in the West van life, uh, you know, and this kind of nomadic lifestyle, kind of this break from regular everyday routine for however long, you know, they're, they're taking a year and they're going to have this adventure for this year. And they're going to make these memories that they'll keep for the rest of their life and explore all these beautiful, wonderful areas, um, that they'll always get to look back to fondly. So, um, yeah, it's kind of one of these reminders, uh, to everybody out there and to the rest of us and to me of, of make sure you chase adventure because this is the one life you get. And you might as well chase it now um, because you don't really know what's what's coming up around what's around the corner. So, um, yeah, let's get right into it. Let's jump right in. Oh, if you guys want to follow their stories, check out their pictures. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess this is going to ruin the name of their van. Uh, You can find their website, their blog at michaelvangelo.com and, you know, to, to the less sophisticated people like myself, um, I, I kept trying to find their website and I was typing in Michael, like M-I-C-H-A-E-L, like I assume Michelangelo is spelled and turns out, nope, that's not how it's spelled. So if you guys want to go there, um, <laughs> it's M-I-C-H-E-L-V-A-N-G-E-L-O.com. Michael is not spelled with an A in Michelangelo, apparently. Uh, Who would have known? Not me. I assumed the Ninja Turtle Michelangelo was spelled like all the other Michaels I've met in my life. But uh, but yeah, check that out. Michaelvangelo.com. You can check out kind of all their pictures um, by looking up that hashtag on Instagram, too. And let me tell you, I think this... You know, you go into a adventure like this and you're like, I'm not a good photographer. But then you're at this in these beautiful areas. And I think you just automatically morph into 
the most awesome photographer of all time because I'm checking out and maybe she was a great photographer before him, but I'm checking out Katie's pictures and they are they they will make you want to go out into the wild and go out on an adventure like they are really just unbelievable pictures like some of these I'm like, oh, you could find that in a magazine easily. So um, all right, let's get right into it. If this is your first like a Bigfoot episode or your 120th, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, go on wherever you find podcasts. You can find all of our older episodes. Um, a couple of people who are kind of doing a similar thing. If you want to check out previous episodes, uh, Scott Morris, um, we talked a lot about bike packing, but I know he lives nomadically as well. So we talked about that a bit. Our, one of our very first episodes was called Adventures of the Mule Hawk with uh, Annie Gordon Perkins. Check that out. She, We talk a lot about the uh, fun times and the adjustments you have to make when living with your significant other on the road. And then uh, the other one would be Esther Haranyi. Uh, we also explore nomadic lifestyles so all right guys let's get right into it the like a bigfoot podcast number 120 with katie and jason parker michael vangelo all right cool so uh we are here today with jason parker and his lovely wife katie and they are currently traveling through the United States in their van. Um, would you guys like to share the name of the van at the very beginning? Sure. Our van is Michael Vangelo. <laughs> that's the, out of every van name I've heard, that's the best van name. <laughs> so congrats. There's a lot of good ones out there. And we, we toyed with a few other ones, but they ended up being taken. One of my favorite ones was Vanny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah what other ones yeah. have we got what other ones do we have out there uh vanna white that's a good one Ooh, nice mm-hmm. Ooh, i don't i'm not sure that's I, awesome. I was always kind of toying around with like the the actor names and i so like vanny glover yeah. i think that one was taken um <laughs> anything with danny uh yeah. van diesel Oh, Van Diesel was taken. Oh, yeah. that's There's a great good, one. There's some really good ones out there, yeah. You have to drive, like, super fast if you're Van Diesel. <laughs> yeah, so we couldn't have that one, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's kind of get into your guys' story. Like, what what inspired this trip and, like, how long have you been on it? You know, I all I know is I've seen beautiful pictures you guys have posted online, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know much beyond that, you know? <laughs> Well, we're, I mean, we were living in Des Moines and we'd both, we'd both had jobs for a while and we just, we kind of felt we were living and dying by our PTO or, you know, our holiday time. And so we started thinking about ways that we could explore more and we got this van, not thinking it would be a long-term deal. We got it thinking it would just be like a weekend camper van thing that we could try out and just get out more. And once you start researching, uh, there's just a ton of resources out there that allow you to build this out into a, a house on wheels. And so I started thinking, and then we started thinking about, okay, could we do this full time? 
so this was for a time timeline thing. This was probably three years ago. Okay. When we bought when we bought the van, and then started the planning process of could we do this? Could we do it financially? Could we do it just? Can we build out a van? You know, the physical part of it. Um, and it ended up just kind of this rolling snowball of ideas, and we just we went for it. So we planned for like two two years where we kind of saved up some money and did our research about what we needed in a van, and that all culminates to now. <laughs> and we've been on the road since July thirteenth. Yeah, July thirteenth. So that's awesome. About four months on the road. Yeah. When uh when did you guys quit your job? Did you quit your job July thirteenth? <laughs> when did I quit mine? You quit yours in May. Oh yeah, I quit in May. I think I needed like a month of vacation before I went on a year long vacation. So <laughs> Yeah. I quit in May and just kind of vegged out with my parents for a while. That's cool. And then I quit sometime in June and gave myself like a week to prepare, which was a gigantic mistake. So, you know, <laughs> the why, side coin. why was that a mistake? Because we had a lot to do before we left. And so the last like few weekends I was at home when I should have been spending time with people and, you know, spending time with friends before I left for a year, yeah. I was working on the van. So I was <laughs> cramming it into a small time. So, yeah, that's all. Awesome. Well, can we kind of like get into how do you build out a van? Like what, I'm sure there's a billion steps, but what are some kind of like the big, big events during that time? Sure. Um, step one, find a van. So that's always the biggest question is what do you get? Um, we got an old van. We thought that would be the best way to go in terms of, uh, just how cheap our upfront cost was. So we bought a 1990 40 Conaline, just an old cargo van. Um, a lot of people buy sprinters. A lot of people buy um, like minivans. They do it in minivans. Okay. Um, but this was kind of the best step for us, we thought. Um, but then, so you get the van and you gut it, and then you insulate and kind of plan your layout. Um, we chose kind of the U-shaped back uh, bench, and then the table folds down into a bed. Um, and then we've got our little kitchen, which includes a sink, a fridge. And some storage. And then, oh, and then we, uh, the big portion of it was the solar panels. So we didn't want to have to plug in. We wanted to get out and away from people and whatnot. So we yeah. put solar panels on, which is a big step. So we can charge and we can just go park somewhere for, you know, a couple days without any sun. Um, and then the sun charges back up. We need to. So that's awesome. That, do you mind, like, if I ask about, like, how much does it cost to like build out a van? Because, and I'm sure there's like a huge variety. Like, I'm sure there's, you know, sure. you could do it cheaper. You could, I mean, you know, out here I see some some of those Sprinter vans you're talking about, and I'm like, dang, these have to be like insanely expensive. That's why we away from them. Yeah. I mean, you get one with like 200,000 miles on it and you're still spending like 20 grand on just a vehicle. Yeah. So we stayed away from that. We bought, so yeah, I don't mind talking about it. Our van was 2,500 bucks. Okay. We bought it. So totally but all we doable. needed was a shell. Yeah. Right. All we needed was the shell and then we were going to put the money into the inside. And then I had a mechanic friend of mine kind of look at it to make sure it was okay. It was okay for a, for a 30, <laughs> almost 30-year-old 30 vehicle. Okay. I had some issues. 
had to put a new alternator, put some new tires on, new shocks. So just the cosmetic stuff, if you add that stuff up, the building materials are pretty cheap, you know. Some yeah. some wood for the walls, some insulation, maybe like maybe five hundred to seven hundred and fifty bucks there. We got okay. some things at like Habitat Restore. Like that's where we got all of our flooring for it. Um so that was definitely a cost saver there. But Okay. Yeah, not as expensive as I expected. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people probably, you know, you like you said there's a lot of resources online, but it just almost seems like such a such a big step and like a really difficult thing to do would be building out a van, but um and it's a little bit intimidating cuz you just kind of I I assume that it's, you know, really really expensive. It's going back to your point. It's really how you make it. You see some vans that look like, you know, modern apartments on the inside. I mean, they look really nice. You can do it. I mean, slap some insulation on the walls. And and we bought some like cedar uh, tongue and groove siding that we put on the walls that make it look kind of cabiny. Cool. And then under the biggest cost is probably the solar. So our big battery that we have, plus the panels, plus all the equipment was probably like 800 bucks. Okay. So, I mean, you can get in for pretty cheap. Now, now that I say that, we've probably spent just as much as the van we purchased the van for on repairs to the van already. In so, the four months we've been on the <laughs> In the four months we've been on the road. Really? Like, what kind of stuff is breaking down? Oh, uh, the biggest one was the brakes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Kind of necessary. Those are, those are things you need, right? Yeah. Uh, when you're cruising down a highway in Canada that had the, lo- the steepest grade we've ever seen, and our brakes started smoking. Shut up, and, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we stopped, and this was in Canada, and everything. While the exchange rate is kind of favorable, I, f- I found that everything was more expensive in Canada. So, I'm like, yeah. well, let's wait to the states till we get these brakes fixed. So we waited, um, and when we got there. The brakes needed replacing, the calipers needed replacing, we needed new wheel drums, like new, we had to get a rear differential, uh, oil change. That was a costly expense. Dude. Is but there. They, threw in the oil change. they did throw in a free oil change. Well, there you go. They're like, hey, this will be a billion dollars and a free oil change. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, what, so, what are your thoughts when you are going down to like a steep grade and your brakes start smoking. Like, are you, what do you do? Like, how did you react? Um, well, I, it makes me miss very flat areas yeah. such as Iowa. <laughs> um, my reaction is probably different than Jason's. I think he was like, we need to pull over right now. He has like water ready to pour on the brakes if necessary. <laughs> I'm just like, well, it smells a little funny. So I guess we can stay over here for a bit. <laughs> It's it's frightening <laughs> to me driving it. I mean, because when I stopped at that point when they were smoking, the brakes were so squishy. It took, you know, so much to just stop the van at that point. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's frightening. But we haven't had that issue since. And who knows how old the brakes were. I yeah, mean, that's they true. could have not been replaced. So Yeah. Wow, man, dude, that's crazy. Any other, like, wacky adventures? I guess we can get into your actual trip now. Like, <laughs> where did you guys what, Where did you guys start? What was the first destination as you left Des Moines? So, first destination was northern Wisconsin. Okay. So we started up there. Um, my family has a cabin up there. 
And so we went there for the 4th of July before we left. So that was its, like, big inaugural trip. Okay. We had taken it maybe maybe two or three hours before, away from home before, but that was an eight-hour drive, and it was pretty brutal. Because another fun fact about the van, we don't have air conditioning. <laughs> and so driving to, you know, in July in Iowa when it's 90 degrees out, it was pretty toasty in that van. <laughs> Uh, what do they what do they call that where is it like it's like oh man what do they say when you just roll your windows down and go 50 miles an hour that's your air conditioner yeah that's exactly <laughs> right but so from there we went uh we went west no, we went into minnesota um then we went across north dakota um and with our goal kind of being national parks and breweries. So that was, you know, oh. if we see something on the way. Nice. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Where'd you go? Where'd you stop in those states? So like Minnesota and North Dakota, any kind of recommendations there? Uh, Northern Minnesota. We went to Voyagers National Park, but if you're not a boater, don't go there. Um, and we're not boaters. Yeah. yeah. If you're a fisherman or a boater, go to Voyagers. It's a, it's a fisherman and boaters heaven. Yeah. Um, we, we had neither of those things. So we were hikers and so it was okay, but we, we got out of there. Um, what was that? Tasca state park is the headwaters of the Mississippi. That was pretty sweet. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. So you can, you can kind of wade out there in the headwaters and just, you know, it, it's it, at that point, it's like a Creek. And so you can wade out there and walk in the Mississippi. Um, that's in, yeah. Tasca state park. Okay. And then from there, we skated across North Dakota. Um, I kind of thought North Dakota would be a boring drive. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was kind of, it was pretty neat, actually. Um, a lot like Iowa, some winding roads, some rolling hills. Well, I should mention, we rarely take interstate. Yeah. So Why would you, right? Like, people, I mean, if you're on an adventure yeah. like this, what's the point of taking the interstate? Right. We're, in, we're going nowhere fast. We yeah. don't need to get anywhere. So... Um, so the way we went, it was pretty nice. There's like fields and fields of sunflowers up there. It was really, it was really pretty neat. But the first park then, or after Voyagers, was Teddy Roosevelt National Park, and I would recommend that hands down to anybody. Okay. That was a, that's a great. Park. Um, we had uh, one occurrence where we were doing this hike up uh, called Big Plateau Trail or something like that, and we're hiking along, and I see this buffalo up on the ridge. And he's kind of walking downhill. And I say, I think he's coming right down the path. And sure enough, this gigantic male buffalo comes lumbering down the same path we're taking. And there's nowhere to go. If we're on like a, the side of a ravine, so we step off the path a bit and this 2000 pound animal walks right past us. <laughs> Is there, is there like, to get that close to those things? Yeah. I mean, dude, if you have nowhere to go, is there any recommendations? You know, like they tell you mountain lions, like throw stuff at it and yell and whatnot. Like, what do you do with a buffalo? I I think you're just supposed to stay away. I mean, you're not supposed (laughs) to get that close, but we didn't have any other options. Um, I don't know. You're you're screwed if you get that close to buffalo normally. But, he was a chill buffalo. Did you, you know, like okay. you like stood completely still like the T Rex in Jurassic Park? <laughs> yeah, you can't see us if we stay still. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy, man. That's such a crazy yeah. moment. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
luckily, you know, you have your phone out and you're just recording and, you know, holding your breath to make sure you don't make any weird sounds <laughs> to spook this buffalo. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so, that's like, it's kind of like in Teddy Roosevelt National Park, like, I feel like that should happen to test your, <laughs> your will, you know? Right. It right. was epic. It was definitely epic. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's super cool. Uh, yeah. So where, like, okay, I guess the first few weeks, like, how are you adjusting being on the road full time? Because it's it's such a step outside of what you probably were used to. Uh, we just kept saying it didn't feel real. Yeah. Like it just kept feeling like we were on vacation and we were going back to job soon. So that was an adjustment to just turn it into a lifestyle and not a vacation. But really, it hasn't been anything too crazy. Um, okay. I thought it would be harder than it was, but we've also been together for quite a while, so maybe that helped. You definitely learn a lot about each other in a small space, but it wasn't as bad as I expected. I was expecting the first month to just totally suck, but... <laughs> My expectations were not met there, so yeah. that was good. How how is living in a small uh, small space together? It's it's. I mean, overall, it's fine. It is a little different. It's just what I, what bothers me is kind of just navigating through the van when there's two people. Mm-hmm. Like when we're parked, our front passenger seat spins around, and then there's literally four feet, maybe four by two, of like open space. So if, you, if both of you are up and like walking around, I say that with quotations because you're not really walking, you're more shuffling. Yeah. But it's just it's just such a small space, so you kind of have to be like, okay, you do your thing while I sit here, <laughs> and then I'll get up and do my thing where you sit there. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. But aside from that, I mean, I enjoyed camping before, so it's kind of like you're camping. Um, I mean, cooking, I get a, I get kind of a joy out of cooking meals uh, on our little camp stove. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's mostly pretty all right. That's awesome, man. Do you have a little setup for night, like when you, like, do you have a little camp table and camp chairs and whatnot? We do. Yeah. So it all depends on where you're staying. Usually we'll just use the picnic table if they've got one. If we're not anywhere for like dispersed camping, yeah, um, we've got a, we've got a little table and chairs, and um, yeah, a little table that hooks onto the side of our van, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, that's cool, man. So, do you, is there a lot of dispersed camping in the Midwest? Like when you're in those first few states? No, that's why those I thought. first few states we were all parks. Okay, I'm trying to think of anywhere where we didn't. Which, but by no, the way, the I gotta say, is, yeah. I just side note right now. I'm on your guys' website and I see the picture of the buffalo walking towards you, and it's <laughs> at one time terrifying, but also hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking back, we can look at it back now, and it is hilarious. <laughs> now yeah. that you didn't die, you know. Yeah, by exactly. <laughs> you didn't get gored. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I. It's just you know. When I think of people living in the in their vans, I'm thinking mostly of dispersed camping. But you're right; like I I never there's not a lot of like national forests. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of national forests in the Midwest. I could be wrong, but and I know that's kind of one of the main the main spots where you can where you can just pull up a van and and camp wherever. All right, and we're probably pretty naive at this point. Um, 
to that because we've honestly been spoiled because we started in the West. And yeah. it's just, I mean, you can camp anywhere almost, it seems like. Um, as we head to the south and east at this point, yeah. we're probably going to start realizing that uh, that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. So where did you guys head after Teddy Roosevelt? So from Teddy, we went to the gems of the national park system. We went to Yellowstone nice. and Grand Teton which are just amazing parks. There's a reason they're at the, like the top of the visitor count list. I mean, Yellowstone is gigantic. Um, there's a ton of people there, which is a downside, but it, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, you can't go wrong anywhere you go. Um, and then Grand Tetons was uh, our first bear encounter. Okay, sweet. Oh, dude, bear encounters are a total plus on this podcast. <laughs> so Good. hit me with it. <laughs> Because it freaked us out. Really? Oh, no. You weren't hardened so, by the we, buffalo, man? You weren't like, dude, we're tough, bear. Whatever. You're probably like a 1,000 pounds less than this buffalo. You'd think so. I mean, that logic is that logic makes sense. But we were so scared of bears because they, they don't advertise as much about buffaloes That's hurting true. you. Everywhere you go in the mountains, it's like, watch out for bears. It's, you will get mauled. Yeah, it's, it's like, like... It just gets into your head. Every trailhead is like, this is what you do if you see a bear or a mountain lion. Right. You're like, all right, all right, I get it. <laughs> and why is why does the picture they use always like a bear ferociously like growling? And just It's a scary thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're walking. We did this really long trail. Was that on that trail? Amphitheater mm-hmm. Lake. Mm-hmm. We're on this really long trail. We hadn't seen a bear. We hadn't seen really any wildlife. We went up to this glacier lake that was amazing. So we're riding high and it was on the way down. Um, we passed this group of like college kids that said, Hey, there's a bear up there. Watch out. I'm like, Okay. What do I do at this point? Do I go down or not? We decided to go down. We had our bear spray. Um, Kate was. <laughs> I have my bear bell. Nice. She was jingling those bells as loud as she could. Um, and sure enough, like 10 feet off the trail, there was a mama black bear and some cubs just mowing down some berries. What do they you... didn't even look at us. They, they, were too, they were too enthralled with their berries. But we were scared, and we walked right by them um, and continued the rest of the way down shaking her bear bells. Were you shaking? Like, how close were you guys? I mean, the mama black bear was so close to the trail. Honestly, ten feet off the trail oh in a god, in a huckleberry dude. bush. Oh my god! And are you ringing the bells at that point, or are you just like, let's be quiet and sneak by this, or what? I have no idea. I, I was think in we shock. were ringing the bells. <laughs> I think I was just shaking them as hard as I could the rest of the way down. Yeah, <laughs> and the bear was just like looked over her shoulder and she's like, "Stop ringing those bells." dude that's hilarious man so yeah you'd think they would oh you know what though do you want do do you think since they're in a national park they they're more used to seeing people that's what i think i think they're kind of accustomed to it at this point yeah but i think grizzlies are like a whole different ball game oh yeah so those are black bears grizzlies grizzlies will mess you up yeah dude I know it's funny. I was I I had a guy on this podcast once like a long time ago and we were talking about Alaska and mm. it's just funny people's perspectives cuz like I I'm not 
I was I'm from Iowa. We didn't have bears, you know. So I'm like, if I saw a black bear, I'd be I'd be nervous, you know. But you know, yeah. people around black bears all the time, like, oh, black bears, no big deal. Don't worry about those grizzly bears. You gotta look out for. And I'm like, oh. And then yeah. this guy up in Alaska is like, oh, grizzly bears. Yeah, they're fine. Polar bears, though. What? No way. <laughs> he was like, polar bears are the ones you gotta really watch out for. I'm like, whoa, you're hardcore, man. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. He's got one step above. He does. Uh, it was like it's the it's the like um different bear perspectives, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's true cuz after we saw that bear I I felt you know right to tell every person on the way down, you know, to warn them. And one dude was just like, "Oh, up on Huckleberry Ridge." Oh, okay. Like he <laughs> knew the bear already. Like he's a, like, like he knew he was going to be there. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy, man. That's super cool, though. I was, I'm glad you. I, I didn't want to just jump into and ask you if you've seen any like big wildlife or anything, but, but it's something I, you know, as you're doing this, I gotta assume you're like you're seeing all sorts of crazy stuff. We've actually seen quite a bit of bears, which is uh, not comforting to my parents. But um, <laughs> in, in Glacier, we saw a ton of bears. Yeah, we saw grizzlies. Mostly that was from afar. Um, but we stayed in a campsite in Glacier that was restricted to hard-sided only tents or vehicles yeah. um, because there's so much bear activity. And then every day we were in there, somebody was trying to get a bear out of the campground. Yeah. Is it hard to sleep? Like, <laughs> if they're like, yeah. hey, there's a bear here, even though you're in your van, is it? do you feel like safe in there? Like, I got to assume a bear's not going to break into a van. Yeah. I mean, the rangers will tell you that a bear will break into the van, but I feel safe in our van. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have the bear boxes that you're supposed to put all of your things in, but um, yeah, we've never had a problem. I've slept like a baby, even with the bears. <laughs> that rocks. That rocks. That's cool, man. Dude, Glacier, ah, oh, like it just looks so amazing. Um, you know, it just, it looks like a, one of the best national park you know it's one that you think about when you think about national parks it was definitely it's so far i think it's been our favorite national park yeah um and when we went the west side was closed because of the fires the wildfires so we could only be on the east side yeah but even still it was uh, unreal yeah you the guys, trails over there are amazing you yeah. took some picture on a giant lake there that just I'm almost like, whoa, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, which hike was that? Like Grinnell Lake. Grinnell, Grinnell Lake. Yeah. The Grinnell Glacier Trail. That is one I would recommend to anybody going there. It's oh. a hard hike, but it was so worth it. Wow. Yeah. It looks awesome. That's yeah. Dang. That's cool. So how, how, like, how are you deciding how long to spend in these national parks? Are you just kind of like going, by feel or or what like when do you know it's time you're in yellowstone right and there's like a billion things to do in yellowstone when do you know it's time to move on it is yeah it's completely a feel thing for us um we kind of we get in we rarely do a lot of research so we and that, that maybe that's our downfall but yeah. we get in yeah we go to the visitor center we kind of get the basic info we talk to a few rangers you know maybe we we maybe get like their day hike map and then we read maybe some stuff online if we have service about what to do. And then we completely just, just go. Um, 
Like in Yellowstone, it's tough because there's so many touristy things. So we did see Old Faithful. Yeah. We did walk through. Some of that stuff you got to do, though. Yeah. You got to brave the crowds. So like in Yellowstone, we had done all the really touristy stuff, and then we had done some pretty um, long, like just into the wilderness hikes. And you kind of feel like you, you've done enough. You've seen all the different landscapes there, and you you just feel it out. And you just say, okay, uh, there's nothing else I want to do here. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So as you're kind of moving out of the West, you're going, you said you guys are going to like Death Valley next. Right. Is that right? So, yeah. Death Valley, and then we're going to stop over in Vegas. Okay. And then, and then if it's not too cold, we're going to go into Southern Utah. Ooh, dude, I have some, I have so, you, you gotta go to Monument Valley. You gotta go to Moab. It's okay. like the greatest town on earth. One of the greatest towns on earth is Moab. Um, so Moab, Moab's on the Eastern side, right? It is. Yeah. Utah? Yep. Exactly. So Moab has two national parks, like right by it. It has Canyonlands and arches. Um, yep. They're both. I've never been in Canyonlands. Canyonlands is like gigantic, uh, but it looks amazing. But there's just so much to do there. You know, there's just you yeah. could you could spend months in Moab and not even like <laughs> scratch the surface. Right. That's the tough part. Is am I going to give it enough of a visit? You know, because we we'll only be able to go there for maybe a week. Yeah. Because I just it'll, be, it'll get too cold. I think yeah. from what I looked at weather.com. So. <laughs> Uh, so that's one of those states kind of like Colorado where it's like I can get to it fairly easily from Iowa and it's worth coming doing on its own that makes sense yeah because dude I was talking to our friend Brady and he was like because I was telling telling him like oh you should tell Jason you know if they're in Colorado let me know I'd love to meet up with them or whatever and he's like I don't know if they're gonna make it to Colorado but that makes total sense you can it's easily accessible from Iowa, so why do it on this giant trip? Right. And it's just, with every, with our route that we wanted to go, you know, I'd, I'd been to Colorado a few times. I love Colorado, but, you know, I could get there from Des Moines in, like, what, yeah. 10 hours? Yeah. I'm, a drive, drive 10 hours? Which... Yeah. Yeah. Our, our route is mostly the perimeter of the U.S. with just, like, a couple um, bumps up into Canada. So we're missing a lot of the middle, but being from the Midwest, we've either been to those places or they're easy to get to. Okay. Yeah. That ma- that makes plenty of sense, man. So what do you guys like, what's your expectations for the next like leg of your journey? Hmm. <laughs> Good question. No expectations. South is, the, the South, well, the South is kind of daunting to us. I hope the South is, better than we expect okay like how so what do you mean i'm dreading driving across texas because it's a huge state and i don't know there's not many public lands in texas yeah i don't know where we're gonna go Uh, we'll probably stop in austin um but this is how we do our trip we go in with little to no research and we just kind of figure it out so maybe that's the wrong way to do it maybe it's the right way to do it but um, we, we like it. We kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea of like, I'm going to let this place surprise me one way or the other. And I'm assuming most of the time it probably surprises you for the good. Like surprises you because you're like, wow, I did not expect, you know, Teddy Roosevelt national park to be so awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes Um, sense. 
it, but is it, is it wrong to think just low expectations yield <laughs> high results? I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, like with Yellowstone and some of those bigger parks, um, we had high expectations for those parks, and they Yosemite. still Yosemite, and they yeah. still they still met that expectation. So I don't yeah. Know. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's cool though. So, what uh, you mentioned breweries earlier? Any any of those blow you away? Mm. The the one in Bend, Oregon, Crux. Okay. Crux fermentation. Crux fermentation, which um, one of our buddies took us to. Their beer was amazing. Uh, they have a really cool setup there. That was probably one of my favorites so far. Yeah, I think a brewery. I think a brewery is a good way to kind of see what the local culture is about. Uh, I just think it's a good representation of it. For instance, when we were in uh, Astoria, Oregon, there's a place <laughs> called Bowie Brewing Company, and it's like on the fishing docks. Um, it's a fishing town, and it's on the fishing docks, and then there are seals, uh, sea lions yeah. everywhere. Uh, just barking away as you're drinking your beer (laughs) that's cool (laughs) yeah that makes sense though like yeah because that's where i'm sure that's where a lot of the local people go to kind of hang out and relax yeah 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 that rocks is there any like is that do you go by the seat of your pants with the breweries too Mm, yeah, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Aside from Deschutes, Deschutes Brewery in Oregon and Bend, oh, that's one I knew good. I wanted to go to. Oh yeah, those are yeah. so good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I I like that. I like the. I mean, if if people are listening, they're kind of like, oh, this sounds like the best trip ever. You just go to pretty places, <laughs> and then you stop and get a beer. Exactly. That's what we like to do. And that's I what think. We do. I and think you might that's not what showered for six days, but you know, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> Do you bathe in like creeks and stuff? We have. <laughs> um, our last shower was at what national park were we just at? Oh, Sequoia National Park, and it was a dollar for three minutes. So I took a $3 shower Nice, That's and it cool. wasn't my best shower and it wasn't the worst we've taken on this trip. So. <laughs> Is there, have you, have either one of you called each other out? Or are you just like, Hey man, like you got a shower. <laughs> yeah. Just the other day, Jason told me I smelled. <laughs> but I was like, no, it's not me. He goes, it's okay. Yeah, you do smell, but it's okay. <laughs> I you know what I learned this summer? If you take those uh they're like certain like baby wipes kind of deals and you just like rub your body down with those, you smell decently better. Mm-hmm. Like we we live by the baby wipes. Yeah. A staple <laughs> whenever we go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah, you're like skip everything else, go straight to the baby wipes. <laughs> Me baby wipes it. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Have you guys? Uh, the the other thing I think of when I think of people, uh, hashtag van life, right? Isn't that what's called? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. When I think of that, I think it would be it would be interesting learning about the other person you're traveling with. Like you are with them almost a hundred percent of the time. Like, do you guys? take mental breaks where you're by yourself or have you hooked up with other people like you know have you been like okay i know some people in this town so we're gonna like 
have friends for a night where we get to hang out with someone else, you know? <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know if that question made sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's like, we, so we've been together for a long time. So uh, we've been married for six years. We've been together for uh, over a decade. 14? 14 years. Yeah. We knew each other pretty well going into it. H- however... We never spent twenty every hour of the day together, um, so it is it is a bit of an adjustment. You kind of get to see every mood, every um, Good, <laughs> sure. And so um, the first couple of months were kind of that adjustment, though. At this point, you get into a bit of a routine, even though I say we kind of fly by the seat of our pants. There's still a basic routine of the day, and it just it. it Kind of goes along swimmingly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we have been able to meet a lot of friends out on the West Coast. So that's been good. That's been a nice little break and um, seeing people we haven't seen in a while who now moved out here. So that's been a good break for us and to talk to people that aren't each other <laughs> or our families. So that's been good. Yeah. That's awesome. What What have you guys learned uh, about the United States by just driving through it and observing. You know, I the other thing about travel that I think is interesting is since it's always a new experience, like every t- every day is a new experience, I feel like it seems longer than it is. You know, like if you go on a week vacation to somewhere new, that week seems really long because you're not, you're like tuned in the whole time. You're not zoning out. Um, so, right. so yeah, what have you, what have you kind of learned just about, the country at this point from a very basic point of view. And this is just for my, I love maps. I love looking at maps. The U S is a huge place and Canada is a huge place. It takes so, it seems very obvious, but to drive across the span that you can look at on a map and see all the things in between, there is so much here and there's so much to see to think like, when we started this to think that we could see quote everything yeah. was a drastic over overestimate <laughs> estimate. So um, there's so much and it's so damn beautiful. Um, it's amazing. So that's awesome. Other than that, um, I would say, so we've got kind of two competing schools of thought here. I would say people around the country are generally good and nice and willing to help. Yeah. Um, everybody we've met, like and actually talked to for a while has given us their phone number and said like hey come stay in my driveway come stay in my house mm-hmm. um so generally uh, i would say that people are very good now there's still a lot of things about masses of people that piss us off <laughs> but um generally people are good yeah that's awesome what do you guys think like do you have expectations about like hey after this year like this is the plan or do you not have a plan? Or are you just kind of like, we'll see. We'll see where this takes us. We have pretty much said we're coming back to Iowa. Okay. That was one question that people always asked us is like, oh, you're going to go find a place to live and never come back. That's We're coming back. So um, I think. In my mind, the people make the place. And so all of our family and friends are in Iowa. Yeah. So we try to compare that to like a fun town out in Oregon. 
Uh, it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying it won't. We still have a, a while to go, but my heart's kind of still in Iowa. Yeah, for sure. But aside from that, there is no plan. I mean, yeah, we before we left, we sold our house in Des Moines. We sold our cars. We sold a lot of our things. So um, this van and a couple things at our parents' houses is all we own. That's so, awesome. Um, <laughs> Is it? Uh-huh. A, we have a lot to figure out. Yeah. Is it a relief though? Like once you sell that, is it just like, oh, like there's a weight off my shoulder? Yeah, it's it's nice. And then you also think when you get back, how many things you have to do and how quickly we probably have to find jobs yeah. and a place to live. But yeah. we've got time, so we're trying not to even think about that yet. Totally, totally. What I guess like as we're wrapping up, like one one last idea here. What if people are out there and they're listening and they're like, this sounds like an amazing idea, but I don't even know where to begin or like if I can take it on. Do you guys have any like lasting kind of piece of advice for them? Do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. It'll be worth it. I don't, I mean, plan, you can do what we did and plan for it. I, well, I'd recommend you plan for it. There's a lot of people that maybe just take it on, just as a whim, I wouldn't do that. I'd plan for it. I'd think about it, but just do it. Um, it'll be better than you expect. Yeah. That's awesome. It's such a cool And dirtier adventure. than you expect. And, and sorry, and what was that? And dirtier than you expect, but Even that's better. okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jason and Katie, thank you guys for, for chatting today. Um, Where, if people do want to like check out your website or your pictures or anything like that. Like I got to tell you, I was just looking through it. Um, cause I want to see that Buffalo, but, uh, your guys' pictures are awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. We have a website. It's michaelvangelo.com. Um, and then if you do hashtag michaelvangelo on Instagram, you can find us there too. That's cool. That's cool. Awesome. Well, Hey, enjoy the rest of your adventure and we'll have to get back at you sometime. Cheers. Definitely. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, see ya. That'll do it for the podcast this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, huge thanks to, thanks to Katie and, and Jason for sharing their stories. Um, I just keep trying to imagine what it's like to have a gigantic buffalo just walk right by you where you could like pet it. And then I'm like, are you tempted to pet it? You know, if it's walking by and you're like, that's fluffy. That's a fluffy, ginormous beast. I think I might, I think I might want to pet it. I don't know. Just, just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> just the situation when all of us find us ourselves in that very specific situation of being on a trail and not being able to go up or down and letting a buffalo walk right by you. Um, yeah. Well, let me know. Let me know what you decided to do. Uh. Anyways, I, I really enjoy, I enjoy talking to people who are out on an adventure, um, and who are out exploring and kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And I was thinking about this while I was thinking about what I wanted to focus on on the podcast. And I think I'm sure a lot of us hear about living in the van and going exploring and things. And they, and we think to ourselves like, wow, like that would be so cool. That would be so it would be so freeing and and then sometimes life comes in and you're like ah oh, i don't know if i could i got kids i got my job blah 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 like all these excuses and 
you know, at the end of the day, if it's something you really want to make happen, you can find ways to make it happen. But I think for a lot of us out here, um, I think the lesson to be learned from anybody who's doing van life or anyone who's, you know, just living kind of nomadically, the lesson is to simplify because when you're in a van and you're on the road and you only you can only pack so much because you're forced to only pack so much and you're forced to be organized and you're forced to make do with less. And I think what people tend to find when they make do with less is that most of the stuff they owned and most stuff they had, they probably didn't necessarily it wasn't it wasn't something they needed. It might have been something that was like, yeah, it was nice to have that, but it wasn't something they necessarily absolutely had to have in order for their life to function. And I think to it at times it is kind of like, ah, oh, I know I need to simplify, but if I get rid of this, could you imagine how much more difficult life will be? And I guess I'm thinking right now, I'm thinking in my kitchen, I have like all sorts of different pots and pans. And I'm like, do I really need to have four frying pans? Do I re- like, is that a necessity? And I'm like, no, of course it's not. Logically, I'm like, no, if you had less frying pans, there'd be less dishes to do. You'd probably take better care of the one frying pan you did have. And I realize now that I'm in the middle of saying this analogy, like this is a ridiculous analogy, but, um, But I think sometimes the excuses creep in where it's like, oh, I need to keep that. It is making my life easier having more of this stuff around. And I think what you would find at the end of the day is by getting rid of some of some of the things, it actually allows you to have more freedom, which is weird because we all, especially if you're here in America, you have this mentality of like, I got to get more. I got to keep getting more. I got to get a better job. I got to move up the corporate ladder. I got to like just keep getting oh, a bigger house. Yeah, definitely need a bigger house, bigger TV. Oh, totally need a bigger TV, like uh, more cars. Oh, I could do three cars. Right. But think about it. Every time you're making one of those decisions, you are adding more responsibility on as you get a bigger house. How are you going to clean this bigger house? How are you going to fill it up? You know, you can't just have empty rooms. Right. You got to. Oh, now I need to buy like two extra couches. Right. Like it just keeps adding up and adding up and adding up. And even if um it's not something you think about every single day. I think subconsciously having all of that stuff actually stresses us out a bit. I think it it's like, oh man, I got a weight on my shoulder. I don't really know why. And it's because look how much stuff I have to take care of right now. And I think a lesson we all can take away is like, what are some areas in our life we can simplify? Um, it could be your frying pan game. For me, it's my frying pan game, you know? I could totally simplify that. <laughs> but, uh, like, what are some other ways? Are you trying to take too much on? Um, are you constantly busy? Are you constantly responsible for for something, some other part of your life that isn't necessarily just you and your peace of mind? Um, and I think when you, even if, you know, if you're going on the road for two weeks, right, after a couple of days, you, you, your body like relaxed. Like I'm a teacher. Okay. I'm a teacher. So I get summers off. So here's something I notice every summer is for me, it takes probably 
two weeks going into summer vacation to de-stress. So those first two weeks, I'm still like, like I just get, I can still tell I'm still in work mode, right? And it takes a couple of weeks to just relax and like let myself relax. And when I do, I can actually physically feel it. And sometimes I relax so much, I actually like get sick from it where I'm like, oh man. And it's just my body being like, yeah, dude, you were under stress for nine months out of this year or 10 months out of this year. And now you can finally just kind of chill out. So I think it's something that we probably, most of us, I would say, could probably relate to the idea of taking too much stuff on. And, you know, especially listening to this podcast, you hear of a lot of people achieving these really awesome things, which is which is amazing. And I always like to have a goal uh, in the future that I'm working towards. But there is this balance where you also need this relaxation and this time of of not necessarily having a to-do list and not having having things you have to get done every day. And really, like there's this cool balance of like having goals, but then also flying by the seat of your pants. And I think that's something important to consider. Have I reached all of life's answers? No, I don't even know if I can do this for my own life. I don't know if I'm gonna go upstairs right now and throw a frying pan away, you know? I'm talking about it on here. I'm still going to get up and really seriously contemplate whether I need four or five frying pans in my house. Um, so it's just something I feel like we all can work on and something to kind of be aware of. You know, at the end of the day, even if you're just aware of it, it's probably you're probably going to start making decisions that lead you towards towards this kind of peace of mind. So. All right, that's all I want to say. Uh, check out their website, Michael Vangelo. That is Michael without an A because some of us do not know our art history. So it's michaelvangelo.com. Um, and you can find all of their pictures on that same hashtag on Instagram. So, all right, guys. Well, we'll get back at you next week uh, for a day after Thanksgiving. Um, you know, after you eat all the all the food and you're just completely stuffed and you already have taken like five naps we will be back here for you to just sit on the couch and chill out and listen to an interview with someone super cool all right we'll talk to you then